Hello and welcome to a the first episode of Pilot Season. This is the show that takes a look at TV show pilots and gives our point of view on how we thought they did kicking off the series. So we'll get more into what exactly the show is, but I want to introduce my uh, illustrious panel and we'll start off with the ladies first. Uh, we'll start all, all the way in the right corner. We have the one and only Tori Rush. How are you doing, Tori? I am good. How are you? Excellent. Excellent. So glad that you are here and and uh, looking forward to your thoughts. Me too. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. All right. And also joining us is the one and only Renee. How are you doing, Renee? I'm great. Thank you. How are you? Excellent. Excellent. And looking forward to getting your thoughts as well. Thank you. Me too. And uh, my my homie, the one and only Jen, how are you doing? I'm, I'm great. I think I might be in the wrong place, though, because this is pilot season. And I thought for sure we were going to talk about Top Gun. So I'll, I'll, I'll do my best. I'll do my best. <laughs> all right. All right. And then... One of our other returning champs, the one and only Olaf Barbosa. How you doing, Olaf? Well, I'm still here and kicking, which is always a good thing. So, you know, uh, excited. It's like glad to be, you know, back at it again. See what we can get. See how much fun and excitement we can have with this. All right. And uh, last but definitely not least, the one and only Joshua. How you doing, Josh? I'm doing good. Although not least i don't know i'm not i'm not feeling not least right now throwing it <laughs> in there uh, is it because hey, i did my homework no we saved the best for last what you talking about okay, <laughs> okay. okay. all right that's believable that. right all right so let me um let me uh kind of go over what the show is i kind of did in the beginning um the the pilot episode of a tv show is the first episode and what we're going to do on this show is we're going to look at comedies, uh, half-hour comedies, as well as uh, one-hour dramas. And some of us have seen this series. Uh, some of us have not. And the cool thing about it is we're just going off of the first episode and what we thought. Now, for those situations where we've watched the whole show, I guess we can give some insight at some point during it, but it'll be kind of interesting for those who haven't uh, seen anything. And I guess that'll be one of the first things that we'll do. So uh, today's episode, we, we're starting off with a comedy, and that show is called Get Smart. It came out in 1965. It was created by um, Buck Henry and, of course, the great Mel Brooks, uh, stars uh, Don Adams uh, in the lead. Uh, it, premiered on NBC television. And um, I think probably a good place to start at is uh, I want to just go around the room real quick and I want to find out. We'll start off with you, Tori, and we'll we'll go around. Uh, Tori, uh, were you familiar with this show? Had you seen it? Had you uh, Was this the first time? It was not my first time, but it had been a while since I've seen it. So I saw it when I was really a little, you watched uh, TV land, you know, Nick and Knight, that kind of stuff. But I never really got into it. But actually, I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed this. It was, um, it kind of reminded me, like, of the movie Get Smart with uh, <laughs> uh, Steve Carell. Right. Right? So it, I could see where the 
simulate like where the uh inspiration for that movie came from now which is cool like reverse <laughs> <laughs> all right what about you joshua uh um were you how familiar were you of the show well, uh, growing up in the 90s uh, with a boomer father, TV Land, Nick at Night, before TV Land, was a constant in my house. So every night we watched a lot of shows from the 60s, and Get Smart was one of them. In fact, in third grade, my first book, you know, sometimes they would tell you to write a story and they, the teacher would bind it. Uh, my first book was a Get Smart fan fiction. Of course, I didn't know that was a, a thing at the time, so I thought it was something completely original to write about something I love, which was Get Smart. And I will add that this is the show that, uh, if there are any small children listening, uh, plug your ears. It influenced my taste in women greatly over the years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, okay. Uh, wow. <laughs> All right. Uh, what about you, Jen? How, how familiar were you with the series before, you know, watching it, the pilot? Uh oh, Jen, did we, you're oh, muted. you're muted. You're muted, Jen. Ah, I'm so sorry. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay, well, you missed all the golden words that I said, so I'll just be super plain. Um, so I, I too grew up watching Get Smart like everybody else, and um, I it had been a long time though since I'd seen the pilot because the pilot I feel like doesn't get played a lot. So we see lots of other Get Smart, but I don't know, I hadn't seen this one in quite some time. So it was good to go back and watch it, and um, I love this show. This is, I, I feel like this is one of the coolest shows. Unlike Josh, though, my taste in women was not formed <laughs> by watching Get Smart. I do, however, definitely have an affinity for kind of cornball humor. And I, there's no way that you can't see that correlation. So no, not thanks, you. Not you at all. <laughs> yeah, right? See? Thanks, Get Smart. Yeah, there we go. All right. So, Renee, same question to you. Uh, how familiar were you of the show before you watched the pilot? I don't remember the, the name or the title of the show, but I don't remember ever watching it when I was little. I watched Nick and Night and all that, but uh, I don't remember watching it. But it was, I like the goofy humor. It was like, you know, easy humor. Uh, so, so, yeah, I did like it. All right. All right. And then last but not least, uh, Olaf, how familiar were you with the show before we watched Oh, it's like, oh, yeah, I used to say that. That was like Josh and I was, that was one of those things I sat down and watched it. I started watching it, you know, when I, you know, as I was growing up and then after, you know, it, it got finished, I would go back and catch, you know, episodes. I hadn't seen, I said, I hadn't seen this one for oh, quite a long time, but uh, I said, it brings back memories. And I, I think that probably helped to uh, help me to, get to the point of uh you know it's like as jen said the uh my sense of humor and also my sense of adventure and trying to do these spy type things that usually go wrong and <laughs> <laughs> you're like having to have somebody come help you out <laughs> so I, i'm 
I mean, seriously, raise your hand if you never walked into a phone booth, assuming that you're old enough to have walked into a phone booth and did the funny thing where you disappear at the bottom. Uh, yeah. I, uh, that was so fun. Right, right. Yeah, everybody was like looking at me going, come on, I got to make a call. Get out, you know. <laughs> all right. So, all right. So let's, uh, and, oh, by the way, me, myself, um, I was very aware of this show. I watched it religiously as a child. Um, I can't recall if I ever saw the pilot, so um, but I definitely watched the show quite a bit. I actually watched it. Uh, I watched it with my father. Uh, my father liked the show, so um, we we would watch it when I was a kid. So it was a definitely a show that I watched religiously. So uh, as a kid, but I hadn't seen it in maybe 15, 20 years or something like that. So I hadn't seen the re the um, the remake movie with uh, Steve Carell. But uh, I definitely was a big fan of the show growing up as a kid. Now, um, I, one thing I want to do on this show is kind of give an idea of what the landscape was in television. And um, I'm going to just go over some of the shows that were on as well as when Get Smart premiered. Uh, you had I Dream of Janie, uh, Hogan's Hero was on, Gidget, Green Acres was on, The Avengers was on. Uh, not the Marvel Avengers, uh, the ones with the um, the umbrellas. Uh, the Flintstones was on as well. Uh, Flipper was on uh, and Bewitched, as well as Gillian's Island, which we're going to cover next week, the Gillian's Island pilot. So uh, there was that was kind of the landscape of what, telev what was going on in television. And one of the things that they were trying to do in this series was, uh, you know, James Bond, uh, the movie series was really doing well. So this was meant to be like a spoof of, of James Bond in, in a way. So that was one of the things that the directives that Mel Brooks got was make like a funny version of James Bond. And that's what he came up with. So, uh, you know, so that, that'll give you an idea. So, all right. So one thing I want to talk about when it comes to this, this first episode is, is one thing that you you want to do let, actually let's talk about this in our pilot episode uh when it comes to a pilot like this is the thing that's going to get you to watch a series right right uh a pilot a pilot is going to be the thing that's going to get you to watch a series right so let's kind of go through what you want to see in a pilot that will get you to want to continue to watch a show we'll start off with you jen what are you looking for in a pilot when you watch you know a show that you're interested in and what will keep your attention uh you're muted again oh my god i'm in, <laughs> in my over cautiousness to keep my fan from sounding like it's loud i'm so sorry mm -hmm. um I, I i think it depends on the genre first of all and secondly it also depends on whether or not i am kind of interested about it ahead of time like is there some hype is it you know did somebody tell me about it um i think for the pilots that we're covering they th most of them were super interesting because of the either the really slick kind of uh, draw you in, hey, here's some fun stuff and here's some serious stuff and here's some stuff going forward. But mostly the pilot has to make me want to watch it again because the characters are interesting. I mean, I almost don't even care sometimes about 
how fantastic the overall story is as long as the characters are either adorable, lovable, or super serious. So that's okay. it for me. Okay. So, uh, Renee, when you first start watching the show, the pilot episode, what are you looking for that gets, that gets your attention that make you want to say, okay, I'll, I'll stay with this show? Usually if it's like uh, action, oh, that's what I look for. Or since this was more like the more, I love like crime shows, stuff like that. So usually those are what I'm drawn to first. But if it's something I haven't seen before and I haven't heard of, like Get Smart, I wasn't sure what it was about. Um, you know, I give it a chance. But if it's a pilot and I don't know anything about it, I'll usually watch at least a couple uh, episodes, whether I was intrigued in the first episode or not, just to see if maybe it was just that one episode just didn't catch my attention for whatever reason. So sometimes it just depends on uh, how I feel or what I'm doing. I may just, you know, just want to chill and watch whatever <laughs> since this one is, you know, goofy and maybe laugh. So, you know, that always catches my attention. You know, one exercise I like to do, because now a lot of shows we binge now, right? So sometimes the show's already had its run and we can watch a show from beginning to end, right? And I always say, you know, a good thing to do is if it's a new show, like a show that you never saw and you have the full run, I always say, once you get to the finale, if you get that far, if, if, if a show gets you, watch the pilot right after you watch the series finale and see how if you feel any different about the pilot. And a lot of shows, you may have thought the pilot was okay, but then once you've seen the whole run and then you watch the pilot, then you go, you know what? The pilot was actually a lot better than I realized. You know, maybe you were halfway into it, you know, because you ain't you're not in love with it yet. You know what I mean? So so that's one thing I always say is uh watch the pilot after you've watched the whole show again, just to kind of get that that if you know if it's that, that you know what that's such a chick mm -hmm. that's a good point and uh, it shouldn't fall i mean everybody should probably know by now that usually the pilots are the pitch so it's what was pitched as being hey going forward this is going to be great so they sometimes approach it a little bit differently than they do the rest of the series which is kind of cool mm -hmm. yeah uh, what about you olaf what what gets your attention on the first episode what are you looking for what what makes you go you know what i want to stick with the show well, in the first in the first few minutes of it, in other words, if it's like really dry or you know some, it's the you know the writing. As as long as it kind of has a little bit of a flow to it, and you know, there's maybe a little bit of a uh, little bit of comedy in the beginning, you know, in the first ten minutes or so. Uh, just you know, looking for something that's like going, oh, that was kind of neat. I wonder what else they're gonna do, and. Um, like I said, in, uh, with, uh, with the first show, sometimes it's like, of course, now with movies, when you see like the pilot for a movie, sometimes what's in that pilot is the best part of the movie. So, uh, it's like watching, uh, it's like the pilot for the TVs. Um, you know, when they get that first show and yeah, within about 10 minutes, I can, I said, I can know if I'm going to you know, continue to watch it or not. And like I said, with get, get smart. Yeah. I was hooked when I, I was, I was hooked within the first, you know, few minutes of it. I was like, on, yeah, this is a good show. I'm going to watch this one. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Tori? What, what gets you wanting to, uh, to stick with a show in the first episode? 
I do like humor. I like very well-written stuff. So, like, smartly, smart humor, I guess, like, nerdy humor. <laughs> That's my <laughs> forte, right? Uh, and also, I like, uh, I like characters to be characters. I like them to fill out their molds, you know, like, be uh, stand out, I guess in the first episodes like the first episode of the walking dead fell in love with rick at the get like it was just great like he was a great actor and he did a great job and like i will compare other series to the walking dead because that's one that like really caught my attention right away yeah well, hmm. i would I figure you were more more of a shane person than a rick person but <laughs> no <laughs> She's like in real life. I would probably have dated Shane over. Rick. <laughs> I, I would have. I would have figured her more for a Daryl. Oh God, Rick, no! <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, uh, Josh. Uh, what gets your attention? What What makes you want to stick with a show with a pilot? Uh, well, the first thing I'm looking for when I watch a pilot is how much effort they're putting into the world building off the jump. I want to see some secondary characters pop in. I want to see the main characters establish who they are, you know, get their humor out there quickly. And I really want to see at least a glimpse of how each character is going to interact with each other. I, I want that. I want the world building to start immediately so I can buy into everything that's happening. All right. Yeah. Very well said. All right, so let's get into Get Smart, then. That's perfect. Let's talk about the world building they did in Get Smart. Uh, I'll give my my thoughts first. Um, watching the pilot after I've seen so many of the uh, episodes, I thought they did a great job of establishing who this character was and basically how he gets down. So if you thought this was going to be a serious take on spy, uh, spy genre, you know pretty much, like, a min not even a minute into it, like 30 seconds into it, you realize, oh, this is something different. <laughs> you know, this is, you know. And um, so I thought they did an excellent job in establishing that right away. And one thing I like, and let, let's get into the main character, uh, uh, Maxwell Smart. Um, and let's kind of kick around what we thought of the character of Maxwell Smart in this pilot. I thought... It's like he's he's kind of dumb, but not not annoying dumb, if that makes sense. Like he's a, a lovable idiot in a way, blissfully idiot. How would you like? Uh, we'll go back to you, Josh. How would you describe Max? Mm -hmm. uh, he's a doofus. <laughs> I was being nice. He, he it's it's not it's not negative you know uh, comparatively speaking over the years you know we've seen a lot of characters like him uh mentioning the get smart movie uh michael scott was kind of that guy where he's um he comes off as inept but yeah. he knows what he's doing kind of and he knows how to get things done that's max maxwell smart uh sure a lot of the times things kind of blindly fall into place for him to, you know, pick his foot up and, you know, save his own life. But just, just the fact that it's, it's easy to mistake 
uh, dumb luck for stupid in, in, in a lot of cases. And, and I don't think Max is stupid. Just that, not even. Sl- well, Max is. <laughs> he's. Yeah, that he's a lot of things. And. You know, I'm, I'm going to stick with the doofus. He's a doofus. <laughs> who's 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 smarter, uh, Maxwell Smart or uh, Winnie the Pooh? I believe it's a tie. For the race. I believe it's a tie. Hey, don't talk about Pooh now. <laughs> <laughs> the, you know the. Can I interject something real quick? Yeah. No. The the. Who said no? <laughs> there, punch you in the head. It was Olaf. Um, (laughs) you know the 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 word that i would use for maxwell smart is a lot of times he is hapless Mm -hmm. that is that he that these unfortunate things happen to him which turn around into yeah but that's exactly how he solves everything he is like a hapless participant in his own fate in in a way that is hilarious at all times and i think that that is sort of the that's what makes him different from other just sort of like funny detectives because he's not just funny he's funny and yet he's it's not always that he's clueless it's just that these seriously unfortunate things happen to him at all times that makes the character how he responds to that is so hilarious it's just kind of like which it, it's kind of like just dumb luck. In other words, he gets, you know, gets in the middle of this and and kind of like ah, and but it, he always it always winds up working out all right. But it's just dumb luck. Uh, it's like right place, wrong time, or wrong place, right time. Type I think thing. a good word I would describe would be bumbling. Like yeah. you know, like idea. yeah, like he he has. This, he's going to the beat of his own drum and that drum beat just happens to match what the situation is at the time. Like perfectly. It's might I interject something? Sure. Yeah. No. Oh. <laughs> I told you it was all off. <laughs> um, from, from the pilot episode, I think uh, the best example of him proving that he, he's not, helpless by any means is when they're captured and he did plan on that and right he was able to get out of it quickly because of uh something that he had put together beforehand the false arms and you know just throw it up <laughs> yeah the inflated the inflated coat yeah just okay we're not <laughs> captured anymore let's get going also also, the 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 when when he notices the uh, the the garbage ship, and there's <laughs> no seagulls, and he just concludes that like I mean like it's just so it's so perfectly uh, aligned with yeah sure that's master detective work with oh my god are you really kidding me right now and, it's, it, it's so perfect right and he finds the rubber banana and. He's yeah. reading it. It's like he, he keeps, he's, oh, Southern, whatever it was. It's like, you know, it like a few letters. And every time he stretched a little bit farther, and then it finally got out to the name of the store. And uh, that was, that was just, you know, priceless. I love that. That was great. Oh, yeah. And then what about uh, the, the, 
the cone of silence. <laughs> oh, yeah, it works. It works really well. It because, yeah, because they, they go like, oh, what are we talking about in Hong Kong for? <laughs> Some of you guys who have kids, you can put it over your kids. And- oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wish it was your Oh, man. Yeah, I you know, actually the, the- want to get that. The other thing that I love about Get Smart, just and, and I feel like we're off to such a good start in the pilot with it, is the whole, just like James Bond has his, you know, inventor and he's got all these great gadgets, but Smart's gadgets are always so hilarious, right? Remember the um, Inflato coat that right. makes him, yeah, like yeah. those kinds of things that just like, oh my yep. god. He has the best inventions, but they are always so hilarious. Kind of like Inspector Gadget, almost. Yes. Well, the inflated code, that's what he used. That's what he used to get out of the, you know, get off the garbage ship. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, So that was, yeah. And and, you know, it's funny, and they break two rules in uh, the first episode: working with children as well as dogs. So, (laughs) or animals, I should say. And uh, the dog was a very funny co-star. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, it was pretty funny, and he had his moments too, uh, in the in the pilot, which I thought was pretty funny. Uh, he saved his life, uh, I think, a couple of times, right? From the um, yeah, from the the, the 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 um the beam or whatever it was. I thought that was pretty good. It, it was a very good use of it. And then um, I thought the uh, the uh, the Mets double hitter. Uh, very early on, where he, oh, yeah. The, the, yeah, that was pretty funny. Yeah. Somebody can do the line. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> okay, okay, I'll do it. <clears throat> Are you ninety nine? No, I'm six and a half. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, and then, yeah, that was that was good. Yeah. Uh, and then when when he found out if it was ninety, uh, it's like I like how ninety nine uh, let him know that it was her. Or that she was the agent is uh, Mets one the double header. He's it's like, yeah, it was ninety nine to eighty six. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, oh wait, <laughs> okay, you're ninety nine. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think yeah. I think the one thing it's like uh, that I that I like, you know, when Jim was talking about the different gadgets and stuff, you know, after watching a couple of, a couple episodes of that, I started looking trying to find that shoe phone. I wanted a shoe phone. <laughs> When I was a kid, I thought that was the coolest thing, the shoe phone. I still do. I, yeah, I just thought that was like so cool. The I wanted me a shoe phone, you know. So, and uh, this is funny too. Uh, the oh, guy in funny. the locker. Yeah, I have the locker. Hilarious. You know, uh, it, it it's funny because um, also this this show is like the funny version of uh, kind of Columbo. Where you know oh, yeah. Columbo will say just one more thing, but Smart <laughs> says, "Would you believe?" And then whatever it is, so his signature line is like, "Would, would you, you believe? believe? <laughs> <laughs> would you <Yeah>. believe six? <laughs> would you believe seven? Would you? like that throughout the series? In the first episode, they set it up so well because throughout the series, that becomes such a running long joke, and it's it it just works so well." Right, and and one thing too that was great about this pilot was they packed in a lot of jokes. I mean, it was it was packed every almost like every scene there was joke, 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 and they were all and they were really good. You know, some of it felt 
you know, like, I mean, it's 1965, you know, but, um, but uh, it was very, I thought it was very good. I, I, I laughed quite a bit. Um, okay. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say all like the different funny things like uh when he got to when they got to the uh the place that made the rubber stuff, you know, she took her hat off and he's like, Oh, you're a girl. Yeah, girl. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, and they started to kiss and the dog started barking and then she goes, Yeah, he's right. <laughs> all right, so um let's uh let's move over to uh agent ninety-nine. Uh, who you know, he he had to, she had to have her hat off for him to realize that was a girl. Um, <laughs> let's start out. Let's start off with you, Jen. What, what do you think about 99 in the, in the pilot? How she was portrayed in the pilot? So, okay, so I, I'm uh, first of all, in, in the pilot, 99 comes across as just the perfect straight man for uh, for Max. I mean, just absolutely perfect. Like, her lines actually set up everything that Smart does, which I also really love. And the dialogue between the two of them, I don't know how, I would love to see the outtakes of this because I guarantee that that woman was not keeping a straight face the whole time. She couldn't have, she's too good. Her stone face is so perfect. So I, I really like her. Um, I think I mean, I know we're just doing the pilot, but I think that she was set up in a way that really made her indispensable to Maxwell Smart going forward. And she's such a huge part of all his successes. So in the pilot, I, I feel like they established that so well. I would agree. Yeah, they did. Looks like they by putting her and casting her, she was just she was the perfect one to play 99. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Renee? What did you think about uh, Agent 99? Um, I, I guess she was, to me, kind of predictable, just because I guess how she looked, you know. Um, but I think they worked well together, just the stuff that she was saying, and he would feed off of her or vice versa. But, um, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed his character more than I did her, I think. But, you know, overall, she was she was okay. <laughs> but I thought that when they were about to kiss and then the dog... The dog started barking. That was kind of funny. After he just realized he was a girl. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love, though, that he just finds out she's a girl and he's like, oh, I must kiss her. I, like yeah, that I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, yeah, I thought that was funny. So, you know, yeah, that's pretty good. Um, what about you, Tori? What do you think about Agent 99? She's very pretty. Um. I felt like she was a good co-host. She brought out uh, the flirtatious side of him and, and uh, made him appear more daring and adventurous and maybe more Rico Suave a little bit, double, 007-ish, you know, like ladies man, one of those kind of guys. <laughs> The most interesting man in the world, that kind of guy. Oh, oh, like me. Okay. Oh, yeah, exactly <laughs> like you. Yeah. Okay. You except, for the, except for the doofus part. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're going to take part of it, you got to take all of it. You can't just. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll let somebody else get that part. <laughs> so I'm going to assume. I think I am that it, part, actually. <laughs> I'm assuming, Josh, that uh, is it Agent 99, the, the one that uh, made you feel a certain way about women? 
<laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. From the fact that Barbara Feldon is an incredibly beautiful woman to the fact that she made it seem possible that, you know, I hate to put it like this, but someone like that could be into like just a really dorky, goofy guy. And I don't know if you've uh, noticed this, but I I have a tendency to be a little dorky sometimes. <laughs> no, and I didn't know. This show is oh. <laughs> this show is is one of the biggest influences on my personality. Oh wow! Because. I thought that having having the uh, the humor and having the you know a little bit of self-deprecation and being able to to make fun of yourself that and, and uh, couple that with uh, heavy Jack Benny influence, uh, it, it made you feel like anything's possible because these guys, you know, they have the adventures, you know, they get the girl, you know, that kind of thing. So. Barbara Feldon, to the, we'll say, 8 to 40-year-old version of myself, is practically perfect in every way. Oh. <laughs> I, I would love to, to have a relationship where someone looks at me like 99 looks at 86. Aww. Aww. So, so she was your Mary Poppins? <laughs> I, I'm not really into maids. But you did say practically perfect in every way. Yeah, I stole the, the, the terminology. <laughs> we, we don't connoiter with the help. Okay. Uh, oh, okay. oh, I see. <laughs> That's the line. That's the line. <laughs> wow. All right. So, um, it's you know obviously this came out in 1965, so it was quite a long time ago. You guys can do the math. Um, how do you feel like it it held up all these years? Uh, we'll start off with you, Renee. Uh, for a show that's so old, how do you think it um, held up? I think for me, especially since I hadn't seen it before, I think it holds up fine because I I thought it was funny, and it's something you know I would want to watch the at least the next couple of episodes just to see what else what else uh, makes me laugh or what else what else he does. So I think it I think a lot of the older shows hold up more for the most part anyway. So, but yeah. All right. Uh, what about you, Tori? How do you think I, it I held think up? I think it stands the test of time. I think it's uh, still relatable. You still, you still like root for him, and you root for her too. You're like they can do it together, you know. Like I don't know, and it's it's a timeless story: spy, espionage, you know, getting getting the uh, mission accomplished. Ooh, sorry, I turned my video camera off by accident. Uh, okay, back. Okay, so um, yeah, I think that that it it can it can have modern updates, obviously, with the gadgets and gizmos and the and the you know the uh, what was it the shoe shoe, shoe, shoe phone? phone yeah yeah that could be a little bit better but 
I love that the gag at the end where he calls in his report. <laughs> wrong number. Wrong wrong number. Yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. That was pretty funny. All right. Olaf, how do you feel like it's held up all these years? Oh, quite well. Uh, like I said, I even it's like the if it was if they were to start remaking it now, uh, you know, different gadgets or newer gadgets. I don't know. I think the the old ones work, you know. So, but uh, I think it would hold up well uh, for a remake because uh, it's just it it's just funny. Yeah, it's like yeah, I I love the show. I think it's great. All right, and uh, I kind of I, I think I know what you're gonna go, Josh. But uh, what about you? How do you think the shows hold up? Well, one I think pretty much anything with Mel Brooks' name attached to it's gonna hold up. Mm-hmm. And this was pre-legendary status. This was this was this was Mel Brooks before Mel Brooks was Mel Brooks. Mm-hmm. This is what made him Mel Brooks, uh, the timeless comedy. He the, the show is not so much a product of the time, like mm-hmm. a lot of things are, especially in say the eighties or or even the seventies, and and even the sixties. Uh, there are these shows that are very much a snapshot of what's going on. Uh, Get Smart can take place at any point in time, uh, pretty much anywhere, and still be just as relevant using the same script. Mm-hmm. Agreed, a hundred percent. Yep. Yes. And it's like stuff that happens, like when he uh, his phone started ringing in the theater. <laughs> that happens, and then I, because I hadn't seen it before, I was like, why didn't he answer his phone? Then I thought, oh, it's in his shoes. Okay. Then <laughs> gets locked into the closet and can't uh, get yeah. out. And, you know, I'm, you're t- yeah, just complete like yeah, that. And then goes out, gets in his car, squeals the tires, goes, makes <laughs> a U-turn, pulls up and stops and walks into the building. <laughs> like going, why didn't you just walk across the street? Just walk across the street. <laughs> But that cuts out part of the fun of it, you know, uh, the the comedy part of it. Like going, yeah, scream. I thought he was going to run into the back of that car at first because he was headed towards that car and he wasn't turning or nothing. Like well, he's going to hit that car, <laughs> and then he whips it around. But yeah, yeah. All right, and uh, Jen, how do you feel like the show's held up? Um, I I feel like they held up pretty good. I mean, usually shows that were done prior to 1970. The humor is the problem because it generally tends to be like a little bit tone deaf or uh, it can be a little bit offensive or whatever. But I in this episode, I didn't really find a lot. I mean, you know, some basic sexualization and stuff. But overall, it the humor held up pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. Um, you know, they had some I guess um, some short people would have issues. Maybe with, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know, lead role, lead, lead uh, antagonist in a pilot for, uh, yeah, somebody, somebody I think would have a problem with it because they had the small chairs that uh, Max and, and 99 sat in, and then when he offered him that cigarette, it was a little bitty mini, miniature cigarette. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. that was cute actually yeah, yeah it, was, it, was cute. it was cute but there was if in today's 
thing, people would probably go, oh, they're cracking on short people. Right. Somebody might get offended. <laughs> I get their knickers in a bunch, but oh well. Yeah. All right. All right. So this point uh, in the show, uh, and I, unfortunately I can't play it, but um, I, I want to, um, because every show that has one, uh, which is most of the shows, we, we got to talk about the opening credits or the theme. Uh, so we'll go down the, the line. Uh, we'll start off with you, Renee. Uh, what do you, how do you like the opening to this show, which is on the screen right now? How did I like it? Uh, let me see. Let me refresh my memory. Can you come back to me? Oh, okay. Uh, we'll go with you. Uh, we'll go with you, Josh. <laughs> how do you like the opening to this show? Well, the opening is iconic. And it's not a term that I'm going to toss around lightly from the walking through the multiple <laughs> doors to getting to the phone booth. It, if it's your first time watching it, you know, it's defying your expectations of what, you know, what's going to happen when he makes a phone call. Is another door going to open? Yeah, but it's under him. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's absolutely iconic and one of the greatest uh, opening uh, sequences of all time, in my opinion. <laughs> yes, wow. I agree. I agree. Mm -hmm. yep. Also, let's let's not forget. Although we can't hear it, it's the music that right. makes right. this thing. I mean, you hear this music and you immediately know. Oh, Smart's going. That he's going someplace. Doors are going to open. Yeah. 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 Talking about soundtracks that uh, make the movie right. Didn't we? Talk about that the other podcast. Oh, yes, uh, on our other podcast. Yeah. yeah. Not to cross-reference, but <laughs> anyway. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Th this one, everybody who hears this, most everyone who hears this, who knows the show at all, will immediately know what this is from. And they really only play it in this kind of big brassy sound at the in the opening title sequence. So... <laughs> It, it it preserves that sense of oh yeah something yeah. exciting is about to happen right and you know, I like the fact that when this starts out and uh, is when you come when you come when it comes through the first set of doors it's got an elevator like you know floor thing on it mm -hmm. you know, so it's like you think it's an elevator and it opens up and set of stairs <laughs> <laughs> like in that very first you know when he comes down and the, and the doors cop you know come open it's got an elevator handle up there so that you can see the different floors that's on there so that's kind of cool and i think in the again uh you know and it is it's just that's just iconic music and the opening was you know just iconic yes i definitely 100 percent agree all right so uh, i think this is a good start to our show um uh, in just a few, we're going to uh, review a drama because every week we're going to try to do a comedy and a drama. And uh, the next show that we're going to review is a, a show, a series that came out in the 90s called Homicide Life on the Street. Um, but just to kind of set people up for the shows that we're going to be reviewing, uh, next week we're going to do Gilligan's Island as our comedy and Lost as our uh, drama. And we're going to be covering uh, Living Single, the Practice, Golden Girls, The X-Files, The Office, Prison Break, Married with Children, Sopranos, Family Matters, La Femme Nikita, The Andy Griffith Show, ER, and uh, other shows as well. So, um, and, uh, 
at one point we will do Alf. I promise. Uh, we better. Uh, we better. <laughs> I think next week we should reverse the order instead of you know, instead of doing Gilligan's Island first. I think we should do you know the other one because then you'd be lost on Gilligan's Island. <laughs> right, right. Or maybe we, maybe we can get uh, maybe we get the Harlem Globetrotters to join. We can get the Harlem Globetrotters to join us for uh, that episode. <laughs> which, which Olaf, if I could say, actually happens way too often for people that have been stranded on an island for that period of time. Mm-hmm. They get lost way too often on Gilligan's Island. So yeah, just throwing that out. <laughs> All right, so let's start off with the ladies. Uh, Renee, uh, yes. how can we get you in social media? And do you have anything we should be on the lookout for? I know you're an author. I am, and I uh, have two children's books out. I'm an artist also. You can find me on Instagram, R.D. Uh, Campbell Art. Uh, Facebook, R.D. Campbell, or Renee, Renee D. Campbell. Uh, but yeah, I have a few, few things I'm working on. So, yeah, but thanks for having me. All right, thanks you. Thank it was fun. All right. So, Tori, how can we get you in social media and all that good stuff? And what uh, should we be on the lookout for? Okay. So, I have my own podcast on Friday nights at 9 p.m. called The Infectious Geek. If you want to talk about nerdy, geeky shit, come view us and, and come in and join the conversation. We love having active participants and questions and stuff because it makes it more interactive and fun. Um, I also have another endeavor that I'm doing with my friend Destiny, and it's called a podcast where we do things about different marijuana stuff. Now there's right. legal in Virginia, so yay! <laughs> a podcast, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, Jen, how can we get you in social media, and what should we be on the lookout for? Um. Well, I'm kind of boring, but you can find me at my blog on moviesandmeals.com and. Every Thursday, me and even Tori and Josh are there. We do a podcast called The Movie Potluck. And every week we have our panel, we discuss a theme, and then we bring movies and food along to our podcast to discuss. It's actually really fun, and I have a great time. So I hope you guys all do, too. All right, all right, all right. And uh, Olaf, how can we get you in social media and all that good stuff? Well, you can uh, follow me on Facebook at Olaf Barbosa, but uh, just don't follow too close because I do get nervous and I do have an itchy trigger finger. (laughs) (laughs) Next time I'll make sure I have the... uh, Yeah, queued up. (laughs) Right. And last but definitely not least, (laughs) Joshua, how can we get you social media and what should we be on the lookout for? Well, I guess I'm going to need about 20 minutes, so hang on. Okay, as always, you can follow me on Twitter at SkitComic, or you can go to SimicoreStudios.com. I know, I know, I bought the domain for WatcoMedia.com. I am not what you'd call a great or good or even um, capable web designer, so... It's just kind of sitting there at the moment, but all of the links for everything are still up over at semicorestudios.com, although, although there has been a uh, complete brand change. And uh, yeah, I'm going to double down on on Jen's movie potluck. Don't forget to join us every Thursday night at 
p.m. Eastern, 5.30 Pacific. And I think this, this week's episode is animated. It is. Yes, we are talking about the animated movie. Yay. And, right. and on Friday, as always, is the Wadcast. Episode number 85 is going to be coming at you live at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. And what's this one going to be about? Oh, <laughs> Brandon went on a cruise, so I get to do whatever I want. And I'll be honest, I'm just waiting for Kevin Smith to at me back. <laughs> all right, all right. Oh. And you, you can get me at Kente F on Twitter, Kente Ferguson on Instagram. And of course, the website is theindyradio.com. That's the theindyradio.com. We will see you in just a few uh, for next episode. Peace. Thanks for watching.